Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Welcome to episode six of the HSCT Warriors podcast. Joining me today is Ron, who received HSCT. Let's see, when is your stem cell birthday? May the 6th. 2017 is when I received my stem cells. May the Back. 6th. So you've been, you're a little over a year now as a veteran, right? Yeah, 15 months. Wow. Coming up to 15 months on, on July uh, or on August 6th. So then before we get started with my questions, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about how you came to find out about HSCT? Well, being an American citizen living in Canada, I have cousins throughout the United States, and a cousin of mine from Gasport, New York, called my sister to tell her about this HSC trial, HSCT trial in Chicago that she heard about at Northwestern. My sister, being apprehensive, probably waited three weeks before she told us mm-hmm. because she was a little concerned. But anyway, when we found out about this trial in Chicago, we also had heard through some research that they were offering HSCT in Mexico and Russia. Mm. And the first words out of my mouth, Jen, were, there is no way I'm going to Russia or Mexico. Are you crazy? This is what I'm saying to my wife. Nevertheless, we, uh, we applied at Northwestern and received a form letter back that I was not accepted. All it didn't say why. I'm assuming it was my probably most likely because of my age, because I was 63 years old at the time. That's quite possible, yes. And and the, and the, and the, and the, and the letter also said I didn't have active lesions, hmm. which I probably did. But anyway, that's your no there. Uh, so at that point, we said, okay, let's look. Let's just do a little research on Mexico. So we come to find out, Jen, that Dr. Reese is a 2011 alumnus of the year from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He's ranked in the top 50 doctors to ever come out of Mayo. He's a world-recognized hematologist-oncologist. So that sort of got my attention. Nevertheless, we applied to Mexico, and obviously we're accepted. Wonderful. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, Jen, it was, it was a blessing, because living in Canada, I have no insurance to cover me. So uh, as you know, uh, HSCT in Chicago is quite expensive, 150000 American know. dollars. Yes. Where Mexico was 54,500 American dollars, which worked out to about, depending on the exchange rate, was about $75,000 Canadian. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, so, so next thing you know, my daughter and uh, a lot of our friends started fundraising for us. 
which was the was harder than the chemotherapy, Jen. You think? <laughs> I, you think so? Oh well, I was. I, I'm a proud guy, right? But to be able to to go out and have people fundraise for you uh, to get this medical uh, treatment that you needed, it was very humbling to say the least. Absolutely, it's very tough to ask for help, especially in the monetary sense. Yes, uh, for sure, for sure. So anyway, we go down to uh, Mexico. And after all the research that we did, because there's an HSCT forum and asking a lot of questions, et cetera, et cetera, the, the care and treatment was absolutely incredible. I, I'm just, I was just blown away. And, and it was sheer ignorance on my part because, you know, you, 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 some, I guess you, you uh, generalize or, or stereotype. You've heard so much about Mexico uh, with the drugs and all that other stuff. And, and Susie, my wife, Susie and I have always flown the American flag in our backyard, along with the Canadian flag and the Italian flag, because I'm proud of all of my th- three heritages. Sure. And well, we currently fly the Mexican flag back there now. Oh, wonderful. And, and that's all because, Jenna, what, what uh, Clinic Rees did for us in HSCT. Yeah. And my life, I'm not, I'm still healing. I have some issues with my spasticity in my legs. But I've had so many symptomatic improvements, it's, it's crazy. Oh, that's tremendous. So let's, well, thank you. I just want to say thank you again for sharing your story and your snowflake with us. It's great to get to talk with you and hear a little bit more about your experience in Mexico at Clinica Ruiz. And so maybe if we back up a little bit just to talk about your diagnosis and what led you to pursue HSCT. Well, I was diagnosed on December the 11th of 2015 at the age of 61 years old. And uh, every time, when I, prior to being diagnosed, every time I would put my head forward, it was, uh, I would feel a warm sensation down my spine into my feet, which was, I found out later, called vermeets, which is a symptom of MS. But I didn't know it at the time. Sure. I just assumed that I had a pinched nerve. Mm. So nevertheless, time was passing, and then uh, one day I couldn't shut my lazy boy chair with my right leg, and uh, you know, and I was a little fatigued, but I couldn't shut the lazy boy. And I said to my wife, "I go, geez, I got to get this pinched nerve fixed. I think I'm losing strength in my right leg." And that led me to a doctor, to my family doctor, who sent me to a neurologist, who, in fact, on December the 11th of 215, uh, uh, diagnosed me with relapsing remitting MS. Wow. And it was it was a shock because as as time went on, more more relapses and symptoms, and I think the biggest issue, Jen, for me was uh, bowel accidents in public. Oh, it yes. was, uh, and, and so to answer your question of why we uh, we wanted to pursue HSCT is is uh, I felt like a guinea pig. I was on this uh, drug called Rebif. Mm-hmm. It was uh, three injections a week at $2,000 a month, and it's supposed to drop my relapses by uh, 33%, yeah. but it sent my um, uh, liver counts through the roof. Oh, so no. they took, yeah, they took me off Rebif for a month, and then we, they put me back on it, a lower dose. But before each injection, Jen, I had to take a Tylenol to deal with the side effects. Wow. And, and you give me flu-like symptoms. I was worse on the drug Anyway, long story short, the, the drugs and the, uh, and the bowel accidents and the, the fatigue and everything else that goes with MS 
was very frustrating. And uh, uh, when we heard about HSCT, we wanted to pursue it. I mean, my, two days after I got my stem cells back, Jen, I started to move my toes on my right foot because mm. I had severe foot drop on my right foot. Sure. And, I, and, 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 and we were more afraid of what MS was going to do to me as opposed to what HSCT was going to do to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an interesting fact. I don't know how much studies they do on disease-modifying drugs, on their results and, and on the side effects. I'm not sure if the FDA does a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's just frustrating, that's for sure. Well, what I have come to find out is is that they do the research, but they don't have years of results or data that portrays a picture beyond two to three years because more often than not, patients end up developing a tolerance for the drug and end up having to change the drug. So they might have two years worth of data that doesn't look the greatest, and so they don't necessarily publicize that data. I've I've come across a few people who do find success with disease modifying drugs, but you're right. The research is certainly lacking in terms of long term success with disease modifying drugs, and so they give you this projection of you know we'll reduce your relapses or keep them at bay, right? And we have a thirty percent success rate with that and again it's it's based on limited data that doesn't portray yes. as long you know, in- a picture as hsct which has more than five years of research that will be published here shortly and has been going on for 20 years with success and, and that's the scary part in the canadian system they've been doing hsct for cancer for over 20 years right there, there's just no there's just no money in the system and Dr. Foley, who I see at Juravinsky, the hematologist who is uh, Juravinsky Hospital in Hamilton, Ontario, he said the word is out that they want to get HSCT. They did a small trial with a myeloablative chemo in, in Ottawa, Canada, where one person did pass away. But, you know, the, the, the protocol in Mexico and Chicago is non myeloablative, right? Which is a huge difference. But let me leave you with this, Jen. You asked me why we pursued HSCT. Yes. When we were on the forum, uh, on the HSCT forum, one of the one of the warriors uh, used this analogy, and this is a great analogy. He said, "Imagine yourself being tied down to a railroad track, and a train is barreling down on you, and you have two buttons. If you push the first button, you slow the train down. If you push the second button, you stop the train." Mm. And everyone that attempts to do it, that goes into HSCT is pushing button number two. They want to stop the train. That's right. And, 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 and it was that, that analogy that, that helped push Susie and I over the top to go do this. And, 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 this is a, and I know a lot of people out there have trouble with family support, especially when they hear Mexico. We have two doctors in my family, a niece and a nephew. And I know they love me and everything else, but they did not want me to go. Wow. Now, this is going back, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Sure. But uh, but I, I don't know if it's because they were concerned or they can only read the Canadian published uh, journals. I don't know, but uh, they were dead, dead set against me going. And because they're both doctors, well, the rest of the family were upset because they, you know, I had my sister was sort of 50-50. She wanted to support us and... It, 
it was very tough. But we had a young lady from Peterborough, Ontario, Trudy Lawson, who I don't know Trudy from Adam, Jen, and we met her on the forum. But she went to Mexico. So we got to know her on the forum, and I was telling her about my niece and nephew and because uh, I called her up. Because every time I would get down, I would call Trudy, and she would pump us up. Mm. But here's what she said to me. Now, this is my niece and nephew that are medical doctors. She said to me, Ronnie, you listen to me right now. Your niece and nephew, they are stupid. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? They are stupid. They do not know what they're talking about. And and you got to understand Trudy's personality to understand how that came across. Sure, but conveying that they are uninformed. That's correct. That is correct. And I don't, again, I, I mean, it's over, it's done with, it's in the past. But uh, I would suggest for people that are going to go through this process to make sure they do their due diligence and research it so they feel comfortable with their decision. Because we felt 100% comfortable with our position. That's fantastic. going to uh, have this done. It sounds like it was tough to uh, get there despite, um, well, despite it, that it, negativity. Emotionally, emotionally, it was very difficult. You know, from an emotion, I'm an emotional guy to begin with, you know, uh, but uh, it was very difficult, but it was the best decision of our lives. So now, I'm 14 months out, uh, or soon to be 15 months out, the only issue, Jen, that I'm having is spasticity in my legs and tightness. Mm-hmm. I had an MRI a month ago, so I was just just over one year post. My MS, no, I haven't seen my neurologist yet. I don't see him until September, but I sent the results to Mexico, and uh, they sent back the report. My MS is stabilized, and there are no new lesions. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And just that in itself is vindication that, man, we did do the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this is another point. This Saturday, our daughter is getting married. Mm. And because of HSCT, I'm going to be able to walk her down the aisle. Oh, that's beautiful. I might have to use a cane. I don't want to. We'll see. I use the cane more for safety than anything else. Sure. But uh, when I was diagnosed back in 2011, I was uh, on the EDS scale, and a lot of people don't put a lot of um, emphasis on the scale, but I was a two. And at eight, you're uh, wheelchair dependent. Sure. When I got to Mexico a year and three months later, I was up to a five. Wow. So I was definitely, Jen, going in the wrong direction. Quickly. You know, so... uh, and it's it's been incredible, and I mean, I like I say, I'm only 15 months out, and I just really want to. Uh, hopefully, if I can get my legs in order, I'll be back to normal. So, why was it important for you to participate in this podcast? Uh, why is it? We want to spread the word. Yes. Yeah. We we we're our license plate, the only one in Ontario. Uh, we just had it done. It says HSCT for MS. Nice. And we just want people to know. Uh, obviously, Jen, I couldn't tell you to go do this. I can't tell anyone to go do this. But anyone with MS and they want to speak to us, my wife has a blog. We can tell them our story. Because you have to do remember, it's an 80% chance of halting the progression of the disease, right? I so believe it's 20%. higher. Yeah, I believe it's higher than that, actually, at least. The new, well, the new publication that Dr. Burt is waiting for JAMA to release, and it should be sometime this fall. 
I believe, point to much higher success than that. But the fact of the matter is, there is a small percentage of non-responders. Correct. And I think a lot has to do, I'm guessing, again, I'm not a medical professional, I'm, a lot has to do with where you are in the progression of the disease. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, we just, we, my wife and I are on the HSCT forum a lot because I'm retired, she's retired, and we just want to help anyone we can. To uh, they're, we're helping a guy right now raise money from this area that he never heard of. He was in a bar one night, and uh, a friend of mine saw him there and knew he had, found out he had MS and said, "Well, you should talk to Ronnie and Sue Gabrielli." And now we're raising money to, to hopefully he's scheduled to go in October. That's wonderful. But, but so so Mexico really was uh, going back to your original question. Why I chose Mexico was because and why I chose HSCT is that uh, I couldn't get into Chicago, which was my first choice, because it was in the United States. But, man, oh, man, were my eyes ever opened with Dr. Rees. And it is in Mexico, and I'm not sure if you know this, it's an outpatient uh, uh, care. So when you go down there, they put you up in in the, right now it's a core building, a a two-bedroom apartment that is sanitized every day, and they give you transportation back and forth to the clinic. Interesting. So, uh, all, if there was there were 16 people in our group, four in my particular group, but 16 total, and uh, we were all in separate apartments. The new system is they're all in the same apartment, so they can be together socially. They can, you know, they, they understand each other. Cause, uh, so uh, Dr. Rees modeled his clinic, uh, or this situation, after the Mayo Clinic. Very interesting and very yeah, different. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, and he, and he believes, as Susie's just talking in the background, that a lot of germs are in the hospital. And, and when you're in neutropenia, you have to be very careful. Absolutely. But, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Dr. Burt. Uh, Dr. Fedorenko in Russia, nothing but praise. And Dr. Rees, and I, I think the, the one thing about, uh, I'll tell you about Dr. Rees. He is such a humble individual. Hmm. He is a wonderful person. And the, their number one uh, priority at Clinic Rees is, is patient care and patient safety. And when after I received uh, my stem cells back in my exit interview with Dr. Rees, and Susie and I are sitting there, and my sister was a little skeptical, thinking my movement in my toes and my lermites disappeared right away, that it was steroids related. So I said to Dr. Rees, I goes, Dr. Rees, can you tell me about my my lermites is gone, and I can move my my foot a little. My right foot is that the steroids? And he said to me, he looked at me, and he said, "You know, uh, you uh, you are in the top ten percent of people to have HSCT performed, and the reason why is we feel that we've halted the progression of your disease, but you are seeing immediate results." And I tried to find the words to thank him mm. for giving me my life back. My wife starts to cry. I start to cry. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rees tears up. Mm. This is a doctor tearing up. And, and so he calls the nurse in. He calls the nurse in, hands the nurse the phone, says something to her, and he gets a picture with Susie and I with him in the middle with our arms nice. around each other. Nice. And that, to me, is a doctor that is open-minded, like that's that, like so many neurologists are against HSCT because they're so ignorant. Right. Well, yeah, they don't 
They don't learn Not about it in school. Well, they don't learn about it in school, and they're going by their textbook and or whomever they're the board that they report to and mm-hmm. feel like they need to stick with their status quo until there is more buy-in, say, from the CDC and HSCT is blessed, if you will, as a standard of care. And I'm hoping that by capturing more of our stories, more of our warrior journeys through this podcast, we can keep telling these stories and people will pay more attention and recognize the validated research that's going on that's showing such tremendous results. And hopefully we can put the pressure on enough that it does become a standard of care because I've been saying since I first found HSCT that there are too many people in this world suffering with their autoimmune diseases and it's unnecessary because this transplant can halt 24 autoimmune diseases and why continue to let people suffer? It's not just MS, it's rheumatoid arthritis, it's lupus, scleroderma, stiff person syndrome, on and on and on. And I just don't understand why the world would rather allow people to suffer with these diseases and be well, on the train tracks, Jen, right? A, that's an interesting point. And I, and I want to bring up a controversial subject because it does trouble me a little bit. Like I know the drug companies do a lot of good. You know, they do a lot of research and they do a lot of good. And the drugs but work I get for some people. frustrated because of the money that's involved. When I first came home, I needed, and I don't know whose fault this is, if, if it's the distributor or the drug company. I needed, they have since changed the protocol. As it turns out, I needed one infusion of 100 mils of rituximab. So anyway, I go to have my infusion, but they, and I was supposed to have five over a 10-month period, but they had since changed the protocol. But that first infusion, they come in vials of two. That's how they sell them at $500 a vial. I only needed one vial, so it cost us $1,000 for the one infusion. I wanted to donate the second infusion I wouldn't to the allow next patient. It. But you can't do that. No. Nope. Right? So, so, so to my point, I get very frustrated, and I get frustrated with the MS Society, and, and let me tell you why. The MS Society just came out recently with this big announcement. Breakthrough drug for MS called mm. Ocularizumab. Yeah. Ocularizumab is 95, I'm going to say somewhere between 93 and 95% the same as Rituxan. But Rituxan was coming off patent. They know Rituxan, what it does, and everything about the drug. They don't know what Ocularizumab does, you know, that other 7% or whatever the heck is in that drug because they have to change it mm-hmm. because Rituxan came off patent and that's the rules. So they probably charge more money for aquarizumab when rituxan is the drug that they know works. So those are the things where the drug companies, yes, they do a lot of good, but then on the other side of the coin, they it's all about money, and that's to your point of all these people suffering with MS. Mm. It, it 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 has to be money related, and I'll throw this point out at you, and this goes back 2008. The Fortune 500 companies, 2008 was a tough year in the United States. The Fortune 500 companies made an average profit of 3 to 4%. The big farmers, they were at 18% in 2008. Goodness. So if you can research that, that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a, uh, 
a tough subject. When you look at the opioid opioid epidemic mm-hmm. today, you know there are there, you know you go have your knee done in the hospital and they put you on drugs and you get hooked. Yes, you you should be absolutely. Helped. And and I know I'm getting off the subject of HSCT, but it goes back to the big pharma's. Well, my point right. It speaks to doubts and reservations, and that was one of my next questions. As you mentioned, that your nieces, who are medical doctors, had doubts and reservations based on well, we can call it ignorance about the benefits of even being in Mexico. And so what about your own doubts and reservations? Did you have any doubts going into this procedure? And how did you um, balance that out and not let that stop you not let those doubts stop you from pursuing HSCT? You know, it's interesting. Um, At the beginning, at the very, very beginning, as I said to you, there's no way I was going to Mexico or Russia through ignorance, right? Once we started doing our research on the forum and talking to all these different people, going to Mexico, even flying there, I had no reservations at all. I just, uh, you know, when you have accidents in public and and, and, and it's just... Your family doctor's on side. Yeah, my family doctor, my family doctor, this is very interesting, both our neurologists and family doctor. My family doctor said to me, I told him what I wanted to do, and he was very honest. He said, you know, I don't know much about it. I really can't follow your bloods because I don't know what you're doing. But if I were you, I'd be doing the same thing. Then we went to our neurologist in Hamilton, in Hamilton, Ontario. At, uh, and anyway, he said to us, um, you know, that's great. Go do it. I will follow your bloods. Hmm. And uh, so to get the, 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 the buy-in from my family doctor, and from my neurologist, that's all I needed. And then they referred us to a hematologist who's a specialist in blood, as you know, and he's been, he's, he's, he does HSCT for cancer. And we are registered now at the HSCT site in Hamilton. If I have any issues, I just make a call and there are seven or eight doctors at my disposal. Oh, that's tremendous. You found that support to help you resolve. That's the word I was looking for earlier, to help you resolve yeah, so I think, any doubts. I think your original question, I really didn't have any reservations because I had the support of my family doctor, my neurologist. That's tremendous. What about now yeah. with recovery? Do you have any doubts moving forward with your recovery? Well, uh, I'm frustrated and I get and I get I get and I'm only frustrated because of my legs. Before we went and had this done, I could walk to my sisters who lives two blocks away. Now but, and I was losing muscle mass, et cetera, et cetera. But after, out of, out of all my symptoms, I can tell you, like, like, and this is the, the interesting part. The only thing that I have left is, like I said to you, my legs. But out of all my symptoms, and I can tell you, it's, a, it's amazing. These are the things that have, Jen, that have disappeared. My foot drop is gone. I no longer wear a brace. Mm. Uh, my hermits was gone right away. My fatigue is gone. My bowels and bladder are back to normal. Wonderful. Uh, my balance is back. Susie did a video of me, and I, I, maybe I can send it to you just for your own uh, knowledge. She oh, well, I, I'd to- love to share your blog as part of the show notes, the episode notes that I'll be publishing on our website so that we can connect okay. anyone interested. Okay, with. Do, yeah, send me what email. you have. Okay. The, the, the fatigue, the bowels and bladder, my balance. But the video that she did of me was be- the, just before we went to Mexico, and I was trying to walk foot to foot in the kitchen, 
and uh, it looked like I had a thousand beers. Mm, right. A month after we got home, we did the same video, and I could do it no problem. Wow. And I cried like a baby because sure. Jen, seeing is believing. Like I was in utter shock when I watched the first video. You would think that I was trying to sell, that I was working for Clinic Rees, and I was trying to sell uh, uh, people to go to get HSCT. Right. If you watch this video, you would think it's got to be fake. That can't be real. But so my bladder, my, my numbness disappeared. My double vision is gone. My brain fog is gone. And my, and, and my chills are gone. So the only thing I'm dealing with is muscle weakness in my legs and spasticity where my legs tighten up. Sure. And I do hear that that can be associated with not just the steroids and the chemo residue remaining in your body, but also you had mentioned even an MRI recently, and I don't know if you had the gadolinium for contrast to show any enhancement of lesions, but I just received results from heavy metal testing this past, well, actually yesterday I saw my doctor to go over my results and I'm off the charts with gadolinium, which can cause a lot of joint stiffness, muscle stiffness, the spasticity that we're talking about, peripheral neuropathy, a lot of the same neurological issues that come with MS are also caused by gadolinium, which is the heavy metal they inject to show the enhancement of lesions. And so maybe if you can get your levels tested and see if that might be playing a factor Perhaps if you go through the chelation to eliminate those metals from toxic loads in your system, you, that might help you find relief from those issues as well, fast. I appreciate that. Now, there's something new I didn't know. We, we only had, uh, I had one MRI way back at the beginning, the very first one in 2000 and uh, probably in 2016. Yeah. So the very first time we had the, the contrast, but I've only had it once. Hmm. So I don't so, know how long. It's well, yeah. Been. So gadolinium may not be your issue, but other heavy metals cause the same issues. I was surprised right. to see I have heavy loads of mercury, lead, aluminum, calcium, cadmium, nickel. And I'm like, what, I, where does all this come from? So I'm right now trying to work with chelation, which is basically just another agent that's injected into your body that can help bond with the metals and help you eliminate them through your urine flow. And so it's 11 it's a it's 11 different treatments, but hopefully by the end of the 11 treatments I'll begin to feel better and we'll test again well, and no. just see where those levels are. Yeah. So Jen, how long has it been since you had your HSCT? My HSCT was October 18th of 2017. So I'm 9 months. Oh, wow. And a few days. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, I just I want to bring voice to our warrior stories, because I feel like social media has been a great platform for people to connect with others and with all of the opportunity out there. However, it feels like it's just a snippet. And there's so much more to our stories to tell that when we're trying to get the word out and educate others, even just about the process, it doesn't even have to be the benefits or the challenges. All of that comes along with the process of going through HSCT. And as far as I know, there's nothing out there in podcast land that works with 
telling the story of such a complicated medical journey, helping people get more informed and prepare themselves for what can be an overwhelming and anxiety-filled process and help maybe calm some of those nerves and, and help people prepare in multiple facets, multiple ways for the, for the upcoming journey for any of the hopefuls out there. So right. thank you for telling your story. Um, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm just so excited. I can send you my blog. I can email you the blog and email you uh, any other, if that's the best way to do it. Absolutely. I'm curious, you had mentioned that, you know, meeting with Dr. Ruiz and after you got your stem cells back and noticing this immediate improvement is just tremendous. Tell me about another memorable experience from your time in Mexico. Oh, jeez! You know, just just the the the, the, do, the, the doctors themselves. Like I, I what's the, the drug that I needed to stimulate the uh, the bone marrow so oh, themselves? New Silverstrom, Ogastum, or however you pronounce it. The doctors would come to the apartment every morning and every evening to to do the blood work. And they made a battery of tests before we had the procedure. They wanted to make sure we were all healthy enough to do the procedure. And, and the doctors would come to us. And that's the part that blew me away. Very when interesting. I, issues. I had a full-blown MS attack when I was in uh, uh, Mexico, brought on by the filgrastum uh, uh, shots, and which is not unusual. Mm. But they were there. In a, we, 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 they give you an international landline, all included in the price. So you can call home every day, five times a day. Wonderful. They give you a cell phone with all the doctors' numbers in it, so a direct line to all the doctors. When I did have my issues, we'd call the clinic. Within 20 minutes, a doctor would be there. Tremendous. So it, it's just something that I wasn't used to. And I'm not saying that our health care is bad at home. And, and, that's, and that's another key thing, too, Jen, that we were all together. We have made friends for life. Oh, wonderful. Extended family. Uh, oh, for sure. And, and we still, we, we call it the HSCT family. We still stay in touch. There's a young man, unfortunately, from uh, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, who uh, is, has been so far to this point a non-responder. And it looks like uh, there, uh, there's, they're off, they may be offering him a stem cell treatment again in Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, so I've heard has started to pick up HSCT. Um, and, I, and I believe they also offer HSCT in Seattle, Washington, and somewhere in Colorado. And right. I, I do believe that someday soon, in our near, very near future, hopefully, HSCT will become a standard of care. All the more reason why this podcast is meaningful right now to help people be more informed about what to expect and how to find the resources out there so that they can make informed decisions for themselves and their own health and well-being. So, well, you know, and Jen, let me just throw this out at you. This is another interesting point. My two thousand dollars a month uh, for my rebirth was relatively inexpensive compared to some of the other MS drugs out absolutely. there. Absolutely. But two years on rebirth would have paid for this medical procedure. Right. Right. You know, so twenty-four thousand dollars a year for my rebirth. Two years is 48000 so it was 50000 55000 in Mexico would have paid for this treatment. So I find that very frustrating. Sure, sure. It is. Um, they'd rather us be on the drugs so they can continue to collect their data 
and make their own story of success that leaves us continuing to suffer. Yeah, which is which is very sad in today's world. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I was on uh, Tecfidera and still had new lesions. And then they switched me to Tysabri despite being JC virus positive, which if you know anything about JC virus, using drugs like Tecfidera and Tysabri can enhance or increase my uh, culpability to develop once they determine that you're a great candidate, it just it makes so much sense to halt progression and eliminate the need for further drugs. Here's a here's a little follow up to your point here about uh, about JC positive JC virus positive. The major majority of, uh, of the population is JC positive. Correct. And my my nephew, who's a doctor, came to me and sat down with me, and his concern was the protocol and rituxan and PML. And I appreciated him coming to me. So anyway, I got to Mexico and that was one of the first things I addressed with Dr. Reese. I said to him, I am JC positive. Uh, can you tell me about uh, the protocol and PML? And it was basically rituxan that could cause PML. And he looked at me and he said, I, he said to me, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning while you're here in Mexico mm -hmm. than getting PML with the amount of that you're going to get. Sure. And that really put my mind at ease. Sure. That, 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 so there are some drugs out there, MS drugs, that are worse at causing PML Correct. than the procedure than and getting the toxin in, uh, in, uh, at clinic Rees. Correct. In the procedure I went through. So I'm curious to know what, what could you offer as advice to, based on your experience, to help others with MS in preparing for or even with recovery from HSCT? Uh, the, the soon as soon as you're diagnosed, try to get HSCT. <laughs> One of the biggest issues, Jen, I think, with most people is follow the protocol of the doctor. You have to put your faith in Dr. Burt. I have to put my faith in Dr. Rees. And uh, an example is you hear people say, well, I'm not going to get revaccinated because it causes this and causes that. Social media is a double-edged sword. Indeed. It, you know, it can cause, it can, you can learn a lot, but then it can get people's opinions that might sway, sway you in the wrong direction. So if Dr. Like Dr. Rees might say, for example, okay, don't let dogs, your pets sleep in your bed when you come home from uh, from uh, having HSCT. But some HSE people, they just love their dogs so much, they don't listen to that kind of stuff. And they're, they're playing. You put your, your life on the line and you put your body through HSCT. Do what the doctor says and follow the protocol. That's great like, I did not eat in restaurants for six months. Mm -hmm. I didn't have thin-skinned fruit. Everything Susie cooked, she cooked it well. She washed it well. I washed my hands. I still continue to drink a lot of water. Yes, so basically, so, follow the protocol of your doctor. Don't think that you know more than your doctor because you read it on Facebook. Right. That's great advice. And um, careful, caution for everyone um, considering this or going through it. I definitely support the, the, the following. The last, year, the last year, Jen, for me, although it might have seemed long when I first came home waiting for your hair to grow back and being confined for six months, it, 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 was, it went by in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. It's a very short, short-term pain for long-term gain. 
There you go. I like that. You know, and and I mean that's and that's just the way I look at it. And I tell, I mean, I was I was to the point where I had some great debates with a a couple that was in our group because they have two dogs. And she goes, "Well, I love my dogs. I'm not shipping them out." I goes, "Are you crazy? Listen to what the doctor is telling you." I mean, it, it, you could have HSCT. You could come home and you could have your dog sleep in your bed and nothing might happen. But you're playing with your, you're playing Russian roulette. Right. Why take the risk? Right. Right. And so that was my point is just follow the protocol and listen to what the doctors tell you and don't go too much by what you read on Facebook. That's great advice. So it sounds like you've had a tremendous experience. I'm curious for you to name a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT. A superpower that I've gained is, I guess I would call it, uh, uh, I think I've been vindicated by, by, by having the results that I'm having. And Susie and I can be a voice, an honest voice, when it comes to HSCT, I do not hesitate when, when if, if people are, if you're into a conversation and people say, well, it may not work. No, it works. Trust me. And if you, if you want, just look what we've been through, you know, because there was some doubt in my mind going into this. I got to be honest, only because of all the neg- negative, not the negative stuff, all the stuff around me, people saying, are you crazy going to Mexico? But those types of things, they were, a lot of people were creating doubt. But no one knows, Jen, no one knows what you go through mm. on a day-to-day basis. Very true. Even previous to uh, having your HSCT, nobody knows what I go through. Nobody sees, when my wife sees me being emotional because I'm having a bad day, before HSCT I'm talking, right? Those are the things that, uh, like, MS is such an invisible disease. Mm-hmm. You know, and people don't understand. And that was a great thing about being down there with the group because everyone understands what you go through. You, you know, and I, I had no reservations about, you know, I'm a private person. If I, I like to find a George Costanza bathroom when I go to the bathroom. I didn't know that about the Seinfeld. But down there with those people around, it didn't matter. Okay, I got to go to the bathroom. The bathroom's right there. There's 10 people in the room. So what? And, and it, it was... It, I can't really explain how I, uh, how these people make me feel. When I had my MS attack, there was one gentleman there, Don, uh, Don Larson, wonderful guy. His wife was there. She was only a, one on the scale, and I admire her for getting it done right away. But he would help me. He would lift me out of the chair. He would lift me in the van. He was like he was my best friend, and I just met him. So I might be getting a little off subject here, but it it is just, it's been an incredible journey for sure. So is there anything holding you back from sharing your superpower with others? Nothing at all. All I want to do is Susie and I just want to continue to pay it forward. And last Saturday, last Saturday, uh, a young man came home from Mexico, 24 years old, Mm. because of a friend of mine I worked with a guy a long time ago here in Canada. He ended up in Austin, Texas, through Texas. He, he met this person, da 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 Long story short, this person lived in London, Ontario, Canada, where Susie and I used to live. We had a connection, and they came, and they, had, they, they just had, they came to Atlanta in December because they had a, 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 the hematology conference in Atlanta, and Clinic Rees 
did a seminar for anyone who wanted to have HSCT anywhere in the world. Didn't have to be at Clinic Reese. And they came, all the doctors were there, and, and they, they did this seminar. And uh, Jody and Mark, this 24-year-old, were there, and they made the decision to go, and they, they just came home on uh, on Saturday. How's he doing? So, I mean, he's a pioneer. Like, I don't know any 24-year-old people that have had this done that young. Yeah, I don't know either. It'll be curious as we continue to collect stories if maybe we'll get to capture his story someday. And, you know, and what I'll do, Jen, I'll ask them down the road if they're interested in speaking to you, because I'm sure they would be. Absolutely. But, but it'll get, I mean, I'm 60, I'm 64. I'm going to be 65 in January. I mean, I, and I can tell you're quite young. So there, there's another interesting point. You know, I, we have two daughters, and they don't know if MS is hereditary, because I would just be devastated if one of our daughters got MS. Oh, yeah, me too. And, and that's why I'm so proud and to know this young man, Mark, who's 24 years old, and his mom that took the, they had a lot of courage to do this, you know, to, to go ahead and take the bull by the horns. But uh, it's interesting because I've heard, and I don't know if this is legit, that there is some kind of connection between multiple sclerosis and the Epstein-Barr bar mm-hmm. virus. Yeah, there is. And I had, um, when I was 14 years old, I had mononucleosis. Mm-hmm which is part of that family. So so my saving grace for me, Jen, is, is neither of our girls had uh, mononucleosis. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'm hoping that that's the reason why I did get MS and that they will not get it. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Because they didn't Again, it's just something that I don't think about a lot. But, uh, you know, our girls are, like I say, our one daughter is getting married this Saturday. And, uh, man, I would just be crushed if... Uh, if something like that happened to my one of our daughters. Sure. And it's really close to home. So, yes, yeah. So, and that's Am so I exciting. Am I allowed to ask your age? Oh, yeah. I'm, I just turned 40 in April. Um, yeah, see, so you're just a, you're just a baby. Like My I mean, life but, is just starting. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jen, and, and how many children do you have? I have one daughter. I Like I one said, daughter. I was... Well, when we first started chatting, I was diagnosed with MS, and the very next day, I realized I was pregnant. And so I seized the opportunity, and she blessed me with the opportunity to literally just focus on being healthy. And I didn't start a disease-modifying drug then for three years after diagnosis because I was feeling great. And as soon as I started my drug, I started a downhill decline. That was rapid. And then it turns out we discovered I also have chronic Lyme disease. And so that was probably the trigger infection that caused my system to respond with multiple sclerosis. Wow. So it's been a lot of unpacking. And like I said, just yesterday I met with my doctor about this heavy metal testing, which is just another piece of the puzzle. And I think as we continue to recover and, and uncover these puzzle pieces, I think the road of wellness is a long one. And when you can tune in and really take the time to heal and dedicate yourself to that long road, the chances of you feeling better and living a longer, healthier, happy life, would just continue to increase. And I just, it's so exciting that your daughter's getting married this weekend and you'll be able to walk her down the aisle. That's tremendous. You, you know, it's interesting. Here's another point, a little off topic. But talking to you right now, sounds, it feels to me like I, you're a friend 
and I've known you forever because we can relate to some of the same things. Thank you. I like hearing that. I feel the same way, Ron. But I, I, I mean, I, if you came to my house tomorrow, I would hug you and I would kiss you on the cheek and I'd say, come in for coffee. It just, it just blows me away, the bond that is created between MS warriors. Absolutely. I'm glad you're part yeah. of our community. So on oh, that note, is are there any other resources like a book or any kind of any kind of resource that helped you along your journey that you could recommend to others? Uh, I think the biggest thing was was don't be afraid to ask questions and get on the HSCT forum because there is a wealth of information. I think that uh, I think you have to be objective. I mean, you have to understand again statistically speaking. It might not work, but you got to. An interesting thing that Dr. Reese told me 30% of my recovery is attitude. Mm-hmm. It can't go, woe is me, woe is me. And sometimes we get down, I get it, because we're allowed to. Right. But when I'm out in public, I try to be as positive as I can be. That's wonderful. Keeping that positive attitude really can make a difference. Oh, for sure. And it's only going to help us all recover quicker. Uh, uh, after having this procedure. Absolutely. So beyond positivity, are there any strategies that help support your recovery? Uh, Okay, give me that one more time. I'm sorry, Jen. Just beyond keeping a positive attitude, are there any strategies that help promote your recovery? Like, are you in physical therapy? Oh, okay. Yes, strategy-wise, I I was in physiotherapy. I do exercise uh, three times a week. Follow because I'm done with physio because they're so busy you can only get in for six weeks at a time, but definitely stay active. I, you know, I watch what I eat. I don't. I, you know, I was a beer salesman for 28 years for Molson Coors, so I don't drink beer as much as I used to. Although I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just um, Susie, make sure I eat healthy. I mean, you know, like I say, you, you're going to break that rule every once in a while. You got to live. Sure. But I think being healthy and being active, uh, just, you know, you fight through it. You know, like like this, this leg spasticity right now is, is getting the better of me, but uh, yeah, I'll win in the end. Exactly. As long as you keep that positive mindset, uh, you will For persevere. Sure. I, and I yeah. would also recommend CBD oil. I don't know if you've tried that. Well, there you go. Now, again, see, we, 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 I'm talking so much I forget. I started out on um, pure CBD oil, and uh, now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking pure CBD oil. I'm also taking uh, another uh, strain with a one-to-one ratio of THC and CBD. Mm. So I'm not sure if it's helping. It does help me sleep at night. I take the one-to-one ratio before I go to bed at night, mm-hmm. and I sleep beautifully. Like, like last night... Uh, I think I might have got up once to go to the bathroom. Where That's tremendous. To, uh, yeah. Oh, it was every hour, right? Yeah. Prior to HSCT, I was getting up three or four times a night to go to the bathroom. At least, yeah. Bladder spasticity was a horrible thing for me to where, like, at work, I would get up from my desk at least once an hour, but then I'd get to the bathroom and I wouldn't even have to go. It was just my bladder overreacting. Because it's right. just part of the MS. It, I, I, yeah, it's frustrating. But and here's another great advantage, Jen, that I do have compared to someone like yourself that's young is we're retired. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I don't have to get up and go to work. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you get so to focus these, on healing and recovery. You know, it's right. And I mean, you think about all the stress that's not good for anyone. But if there are financial stresses because you have to take two months off or whatever the case may be, I mean, it's uh, I've had a lot easier situation than a lot of my uh, MS warriors out there, and I'm grateful for that. But uh, so, is there anything else that you that you are grateful for about your HSC experience, HSCT experience that has gone unspoken? Oh gosh, offhand, I am just so happy and so thankful. That, 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 like I giggle. So, I mean, this, this is crazy now. I, I, I don't want to sound uh, rude or crude, but when I go to the bathroom and I have a normal bowel movement, I giggle. Right. The small things in life that we take for granted. Indeed. Like, like, like just like going to the bathroom or, or you know, just the fact that I can just get up and go now where my wife, you know, she might say to me uh, prior to HSCT, well, well, let's go for a ride down the parkway. Ah, no, I can't. I haven't gone to the bathroom yet. You know, or let's go see a friend who lives an hour and a half away. Ah, she's an hour and a half in the car. I used to carry a bucket in the car with a roll of toilet paper and wipes and a clean pair of underwear. Now, that sounds crazy. No, but, but it's it the was disease. More of a safety, it was a more of a safety thing. Sure. You know, you're on a highway and you, there's no bathrooms around. What happens? Right. And so that has definitely that has definitely changed our lives in a positive way. That's where phenomenal. We can just get up and go. Yeah, that's just tremendous. You get to live life now. That's yes, huge. Yes, that's huge. Yes. Thank you so yes. much for sharing all of this. Learning more oh, you know about your Janet, experience in Mexico and learning more about just developing your open mind to everything and appreciating the little things. It's just been a real gift talking with you. Well, I will send you all my information by email. Please do. And you feel free to share it with anyone you need to share it with. If someone needs to reach out to us on Facebook or on Messenger, uh, we're just here to attend. And and I'll I'll spell everything out on the email that I send to you. Yeah, and so I'll include all of that in the show notes. And I will certainly be in touch when your episode will be airing so that you can share it with all of your contacts and... uh, promote it on your blog because it's exciting to have you a part of this podcast and finally tell the story about venturing out to Mexico and that it is a very, very positive experience, at least for you and your family, um, in being there and being supported by a newfound family of other HSCT warriors. It sounds like it was a tremendous experience. And looking back, it sounds like you would, you wouldn't, change your mind about anything not at all and i would highly recommend dr burt in chicago dr Rees in mexico and dr fedorenko in russia because everything i've read have all been positive notes all been positive and i do hope that additional clinics around the world will continue to find a way to offer hsct to more people it's up to each individual to talk to people like you well, and do their research. Yeah. And, and hear more of our stories. And so thank you for being a part of this and sharing your story and sharing your snowflake, your unique experience with MS and HSCT and more about your warrior journey. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. And I can't wait to share more of your resources in these episode notes and 
who knows, someday connect with you again down the road as we are part of this warrior family. Uh, well, Jen, I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, I will send you some information by email and uh, we can go from there. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Be well.